I think, uh, I think every kid staying and every adult going to junior church, that sounds like a lot more fun. Last week, they received certificates for memorizing uh, the creation account. Uh, can we get some certificates for having to sit through Jeremy's sermons? I mean, something, right? A certificate of completion. There you go. We are, <laughs> we are in this uh, sermon series that's entitled, Nobody's in the Bible. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about Abigail, uh, the wife of David. Uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about Azariah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, uh, you could turn there in your Bibles if you'd like to, and you could read along with this story, uh, uh, starting in verse 1. It says that the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you're with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel was without the one true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was, he was found by them. In those days, it was not safe to travel about. For all the inhabitants of the lands were great in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage Remove the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the port portico of the Lord's temple. Let's pray together, please. Father God, we are uh, grateful to be here. We lift these songs uh, to your name because you are worthy of all worship and adoration. We prepare our hearts for your presence among us and for your word to be spoken boldly to our hearts. And we pray that your spirit will move in such a way. We believe that, Lord, you are a God who loves his people, who guides, and we just ask through, that your guidance uh, will be upon us today, that your wisdom will be upon us today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you could tell, today's conversation is based on some characters that are kind of nobodies to you. Maybe people that you're not super familiar with. King Asa is one of those. He was the third king of Judah. He reigned for a remarkable 41 years. The, the, the family tree is pretty easy to trace here because we're not too far along in David's lineage. 
His great-grandfather, King Asa's great-grandfather was King Solomon, who was the son of David. So David would have been his great-great-grandfather. His father, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was the first king of Judah. His grandfather, sorry, Rehoboam, was the first king of Judah. They were separated from Jeroboam and the people of Israel at that time. They encouraged the country to worship foreign gods. Rehoboam was not a good king. He set up Asherah poles, altars in high places. Probably the saddest part of Rehoboam's reign is that he watched his father build a beautiful temple to God, and he never used it at least never used it properly. Solomon's own son, Rehoboam, did not use this beautiful and lavish temple that his father built. The country at the time of Asa is not right spiritually because his father was not a good man at all. And they are far removed from the golden age of Solomon. King Asa's time can be split into four different seasons. The first season of his life is renewal spiritually and peace for the country of Judah. Asa destroyed the high places and burned the Asherah poles. He started his career strong, and he led Judah back to God. During the second season of his life, he goes to war with the people of Cush, the Cushites. Asa sought the Lord, and God fought his battles. And so, so far in Asa's life, he is doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord. But the third season of his life starts in chapter 15. It's where we meet Azariah. Azariah is a nobody prophet. You're not going to find him in the first king's account of Asa's reign. If you Google the prophets of the Old Testament, Azariah may not show up in the list. He was quite insignificant. The, prophet, the prophets Jehu and Elijah were contemporaries of Azariah. And you may have heard those names before you did Azariah. But Azariah's prophecy is significant, and Asa listens to him and makes considerable changes in his own life. The key to understanding this prophecy is found in the first verse. It says that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, came upon Azariah. Let's talk this morning about what the Spirit does through this man and thus what God's Spirit is doing through us as we are also some nobodies in God's kingdom. If you want to follow along your notes, write this down. The first thing that Azariah did was that he listened to the Holy Spirit. He listened to the Word of God. The passage could have begun this way. Azariah noticed 
that there were still some idols in Judah. Azariah noticed that Asa hadn't repaired everything in the temple. Azariah maybe noticed that the queen mother was making Asherah poles in the palace. And then came to Asa and said, dude, we got to fix this, man. No, the passage begins that the Spirit of God came upon Azariah. And he responds. He spoke the words of God as they were relayed to him. And God still works today. He still comes upon his people today. And I know this because Paul talks quite frequently about the work of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5 and verse 25, Paul says that since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. In Romans 8.14, Paul says, For those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. And in Ephesians, he talks about how we were once in darkness, but now we are children of light. We are the light of the Lord. And it gives us an idea of how to walk in this earth. It is to be led by the Spirit of God. Of God. There was one day that a man was looking for an area rug for his home. He knew he needed a 12 foot long rug and he wanted to look at the different styles out there, shapes and the different designs of rugs. So he took his daughter with him to the store. They came across this uh, rug that looked, that looked great. It had the right shape, it uh, had the right design, had the right look. He just wasn't sure if it was 12 feet, and he didn't have a tape measure, so he determined that he would walk it out. You guys ever walk something out? I got about size 11 and a half feet. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and so on. And it's about 12 feet long. His daughter was intrigued, right? So she said, Dad, let me walk it out. And so she gets at the end of the rug, and she walks it out, and one, two, three, and she got all the way to 20. And she said, Dad, you're wrong. It's 20 feet long. Well, who was right? Well, of course, it was the grown man besides 12 shoes. Her feet were too small. But what about you? Quite honestly, Many of us think that our shoes are bigger than they really are. Come on. The truth is, God has the right size feet. And we need to keep in step with those feet instead of trusting our own. Well, secondly here, Asa uh, showed, or I mean, Azariah showed a lot of courage in this story. I said that he's a contemporary of Jehu. Uh, Jehu would be a prophet who would later uh, confront King Asa about kind of straying from God. And Asa put him in jail. You see, kings can do whatever they want. 
And there are historical examples of prophets who were imprisoned or killed for speaking truth to a king. But Azariah was courageous. You see, Asa was only 99% committed to God. And he needed a constant reminder so that he could remain 100% committed. Sometimes it's not super easy to listen to the Holy Spirit because sometimes it can be a hardship. It can be a strain on your time. It could be a strain on your finances. In the case of Azariah, it could have even been a strain on his life, but he was courageous. I'm reminded about the passionate words of Paul found in 2 Timothy. But he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is through you on the laying of my hands, for the Spirit is God, He does not make us timid, but He gives us power, love, self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, His prisoner. Rather, join me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. The Spirit comes upon him. He listens to the Spirit, and he takes a step of faith and courage. Chuck Swindoll once wrote that courage is not limited to the battlefield or the Indianapolis 500, or even bravely catching a thief in your home. The real test of courage is much deeper and much quieter because they are inner tests like remaining faithful when nobody is looking, like enduring pain when the room is empty, like standing alone when you're misunderstood. Azarias took a step of faith where the Spirit led him, and we should do the same, no matter what the cost. I remember when I was in fourth grade, we had this girl in our class who was unattractive and kind of nerdy. And some boys were picking on her at recess. <coughs> I saw her crying, so I went over and asked her about what was going on. And I don't know what came over me, but I told those boys to stop picking on her, and they listened. They picked on me instead. Sometimes I miss fourth grade Jeremy. We need more fourth grade Jeremy who'll step out in courage and do what is right. Uh, finally here. He spoke truth to King Asa. Azariah's speech wasn't super condemning. Did you notice that? It wasn't even judgmental, even at the least. It was just a whole lot of truth. God blesses people when they are faithful to him. And Asa knows this because during his first season as king, he was 100% committed to God. 
During his second season as king, he was 100% committed to God. And there was blessing upon blessing. Azariah's word was a reminder that Asa was beginning to wander away from his commitment to God. And he needed to speak that truth to him. Unfortunately, Asa did eventually wander away from God. I told you how he put Jehu in prison. And because he did that, he ended up dying of a foot disease, of all things, a foot disease, because he refused to trust God fully. The truth is important. Courage must align with truth. In fact, truth kind of tempers courage. Yeah, I heard this story earlier this week about a bull. He loved to, to chew grass out in the field, and he had this nice tree uh, that was only a stone's throw away from a train track. And he'd love to nap there, and it just seemed like every afternoon that train would come by and it would wake the bull. And if you're like a bull, you don't like to be woken up from a nap, amen? So he got tired of it, and he decided it was time to take action. He heard the train blowing its whistle a mile away, so he took the train head on. Stood right there, right in the middle of the tracks. It was a showdown. As you can guess, minutes later, the conductor of that train was cleaning up the remains of that animal. And when he had done that, he tipped his cap to the bull and said, Bull, I admire your courage, but I question your judgment. Truth must be tempered, must be measured according to the word of God. We speak truth, but we don't allow our opinion or prejudice be the truth we stand for. We can't fall into the temptation of twisting truth, right? I heard the story about a, a freshman who ran out for track because his dad was a track star. He did it to please his dad. His first race was against Billy, the, the fastest runner in school, right? He got demolished. Billy ran so fast and he couldn't keep up. So he called his dad, embarrassed, to let him know what happened. He said, I ran against Bill Williams, the school's fastest runner, and he came next to last. I came in second. It was just the two of them. <laughs> now, Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. He promises us the Holy Spirit. In John 16, and verse 13, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, <clears throat> he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. Do you hear that? This gift is for all of us. It's not just for the Elijahs of this world. It's not just for the John the Baptists of the world. It's not even just for Azariah. The Spirit comes upon us as well. We've got to listen. 
be courageous, and stick to the truth. And God will be with you just as he was with Azariah. As we come around the table this morning, we're going to reflect on surrendering. And that's what it takes to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. It came upon Azariah. Allow God's Spirit to come upon you. Surrender yourself to him. The one who surrendered his own son. And we'll reflect on that as we sing this next song. There's a communion station set up in each corner where you'll take the bread, where you'll take the juice, and remind yourself of the body and blood that was broken, that was shed for you. Let's stand together as we pray. Father God, thank you so much for that sacrifice. I pray that your word has encouraged us this morning to surrender our lives to you, that we will follow the leadership of your Holy Spirit in our lives, that we can speak truth and be courageous and listen as you guide. I pray, Father, at this time as we reflect on the sacrifice, you'll receive the glory and honor as we worship and adore you during this time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.